Chapter 18, Bergamotto Piero and the Entrepreneur. Possibly due to the Virgin Mary or the absence of certain oppressive uh, locals, things started to normalize. To be fair, that was easy to do in the summer. Beach days and pool swims made life sweet and our needs were minimal. With fall in the air, harvest was on everyone's mind. Farming was just returning and grapevines were rich with fruit. Oh, sunny morning, I thought as I opened my curtains. Matteo is taking me on a drive to show me the countryside. We'll bring Toto, who was now a whopping great animal, as big and round as a barrel. Matteo drove and I played the radio. Toto filled the entire back seat. I couldn't help thinking that we weren't in Kansas anymore. Farms were slowly recovering and there were pretty green rows and small groves that led all the way back to the granite rock mountains. Matteo had an agenda. He wanted to introduce me to his cousin, the owner of a bergamot farm. Bergamot is a little homely citrus fruit that looks like a deformed green and yellow lemon slash orange. The best ones have thick green skins and contain many seeds among the juicy pulp. Matteo explained that the juice was useful for drinking, but it was the peel which exuded a citrusy essential oil that was as valuable as gold. Every fine perfume in the world will have bergamot oil as a top note to bind the fragrances. Of course, the explanation in Matteo's broken English was more like, good juice, okay, but oil, very good for smell, mmm, perfume. Chanel, Dior, Yves Saint Laurent. He went on with a litany of the finest French perfumes. I understood perfectly. There was a citrusy gold mine right here in the Calabrian countryside, and his family was involved in it. When we arrived, the operation looks like a rustic winery with stainless steel vats that smelled lemony fresh. Shiny steel machinery had step-like conveyor belts that tumbled the yellow and green fruit up and down from one process to the next. There were peelers, mashers and juicers that processed fruit like gold nuggets into all sorts of marketable products. I looked over at pallets of juice bottles and tincture bottles for the essential oils. The grand proprietor of this whole operation was Matteo's cousin, Marco Trovato. He was an old world farmer, complete with white shirt and brown vest, just like in the movies. He led me over to see his pride and joy, a huge machine that ran the bergamot up a conveyor belt for washing, which was then fed into a big grinding wheel that extracts the juice from the peel. The remaining zest was spun to a golden elixir. He explained that five pounds of bergamot oil was worth a thousand US dollars. Then he pointed to a 400 pound drum. That is worth 61,000 US. But he said they want to expand the facility so they can put out 15 of those a season. That would be nearly one million a year. They were nowhere near that, but he was ready to expand. The bergamot was not affected by the flooding and they had more than they could press each season with the limited equipment. The juice was touted to lower cholesterol. It was found all over the local stores, lined up like soldiers in bottles for purchase. Hmm, maybe the longevity of local share could be explained with this. But it was the oil that was the most important to the operation's profits. I was in awe of the potential. Having been an independent filmmaker for years, I was very good at assessing prospective ideas that could turn a profit. After the tough year and the sadness of the latest events at the Oasis, perhaps it was the evocative citrus smell, the sunshine or the liquid gold oozing from the whirring machine. But I smiled. It felt odd, but it was my first real smile in a while. 
Matteo could see my wheels spinning. He looked at me with anticipation. You like this? We'll see, I said. What I wanted to say was, oh my, is this the reason I came to this crazy place? The south of Italy was going to make us rich. Are you kidding? The Virgin Mary heard me and answered my prayers, but I didn't say that. Marco showed us some land that was ready for planting more bergamot trees, but he didn't have the facility to press the fruit fast enough. He needed investment in the factory to expand so that he could support the requests of the liquid gold. Matteo chatted with his cousin before we left. I could only tell by their body language that Marco was thanking Matteo profusely for bringing me out to see the farm. As we pulled away, I could see areas where Marco could expand and could envision a new facility churning up bergamot oil on an international scale. We pulled over near an orchard of bergamot trees. I put the heavy-duty leather leash on Toto. Never found the jewel one again. It probably wouldn't hold her anyway. And we went for a walk amongst the trees. The shadows through the leaves and the long symmetrical rows played around us as we walked. It was like a beautiful film when two people are in love. These unappealing little citrus fruits seemed full of potential. They were beautiful to me. I looked over at Matteo. He seemed hopeful and for the first time childlike. Matteo, you want to do bergamot business, I said. He smiled and said, with you I do. From my experiences in film investment, I could build business plans. I could investigate the feasibility of this plan. I didn't want to get his hopes up, but mine were up. Matteo, I'll think about it, okay, I said. You will? Maybe we can work together on it. Yes, maybe, I said. There are many things to consider, but it looks good today. He took off his jacket and put it on the ground. He leaned over and unleashed Toto so she could wander around. Then Matteo led me to the ground to sit on his coat and we kissed. I was in heaven there amongst the trees with my love and the possibility that the dark times were going to be behind us. The citrus smells sweet and Toto left us alone for an hour. Sheer bliss. That night I opened my computer and started the research. Yes, Marco was right. A 400 pound drum of organic bergamot oil was 60,000 US. With the plan to expand, profit was feasible. I researched organic versus regular farming. The shrewd investment must be in organic farming to maximize the profits, but it would also cost more to operate and to set up. Over that week, I made calls and did calculations for farming equipment, labor, the works. The investment number kept climbing. Eventually, the ticket was $14 million to do it right. To be honest, I had raised money for films with less sure possibility of return. 14 million was not too bad to raise for a film investment, but this was agriculture. I'd have to rely on Marco for his expertise. I had parked my finances under a virtual mattress because of the financial crash. There were no safe investments to be found. At least I could have some control over the destiny of this venture. I was the right partner for Matteo and his family. I was somebody they could trust and I could do it. I decided to hedge my bets and dive in. I set my mind and created investment documents and hired lawyers, researched insurance for investors and collaborated with Marco to create prototype packaging. I paid for some expansion of the facility to ensure a full harvest this season and planned to pitch our investment opportunity around the world. We headed to Holland to meet with a big investment firm and a few other investors. Matteo and I walked along the street to the Zuidus Financial District in Amsterdam. 
It had been years since Matteo had been out of Italy and away from his family. He looked handsome and successful in his slick Italian suit. I had lined up several meetings and was dressed in my smart business attire, which I had to take out of storage. Matteo kissed me goodbye and we agreed to meet up later for dinner. This was more like it, more my world. As I walked away from him and looked up, I saw buildings of steel towering over my head and felt the whoosh of smart public transport moving past me, taking business people to their powerful destinations. To think that I had to touch the Virgin Mary in the streets of a small southern Italian town to get here made me laugh. I entered a beautiful modern building with my business plan and newly printed business cards. At dinner, we clinked glasses of champagne because my third meeting seemed very promising. They told me of a beverage conference in Anaheim in California that I had to attend. This was just the sort of thing that the industry needed, a new product that could branch out to a wider market. Major corporations attend each year. Names like Amazon, Whole Foods, Kirkland and Seagram's were mentioned. Secure interest there and they would be interested. All was rosy as we got on the plane back to Reggio. When I returned home, I received interested calls from Holland. We sent materials for consideration, but it was a waiting game. An interested investor is always gold in the film industry, and I knew how to parlay that. Preparation for the conference in California was creative and filled with optimism for Matteo and I. We hired a local artist to create labels, handouts and a poster to adorn the booth that I rented as part of the conference attendee package. The angle for the beverage conference pitch was that the bergamot juice as a new mixed juice for drinks like mojitos and martinis. That seemed the most likely approach to attract the buying audience at this conference. Nothing like healthy cocktails. Juice wasn't our only business. Additionally, I had my eye on perfume companies and holistic health outlets for the healing properties. I actually felt that the cholesterol angle would be the eventual cash cow. But we were firing on all fronts and right now, and in Anaheim, we were in the juice business. I was focused. Matteo drove us out to the farm with sample flyers and branded posters to show Marco. Marco considered each art sample carefully and we agreed on a tropical look with a magenta background featuring several tasty looking tropical martinis. Ambrosia Bergamotto was the moniker we agreed to use. We would be called the Pure Bergamot Company, Bergamotto Puro. He seemed happy and excited that we were on our way. But a strange thing happened as we drove away from him. I could see in the rearview mirror Marco ripping up the prototype flyer that I'd left for him and throw it into a nearby bin. I didn't say anything to Matteo. What the hell was that? I was about to get on a plane to travel 6,500 miles, having spent 12K of my own money on this venture. What was Marco playing at? I made up a reason in my mind for his cavalier act. Perhaps he was keeping it all a secret for some reason and didn't want anyone to see it. That's what I told myself anyway. I called Maud, who lived in LA, and asked if she wanted to come to Anaheim and see the business in action. Absolutely, she said. We had a girls' night out at the hotel and then packed the materials for the booth together. Some of the bottles had broken, and Maud hastily cleaned them up as I set up the booth. I should have brought the bottles myself on the plane and not had Matteo ship them, I thought. Luckily, I still had enough of the precious juice to give out samples and to set up meetings with potential distribution partners. Once the booth was set, I was ready. Maud hugged me goodbye, leaving me by my booth. 
She returned to LA, leaving me to the business side of things. Daily meetings, lectures and booth monitoring was the conference business in Anaheim. I was dressed in light and breezy clothes to match the vibe of the product and people seemed interested. What was the shame of it all was that it seemed that they were mostly interested in my free cocktails and not so much the juice. I just didn't want to call Matteo and tell him that there were no takers, not one. In the hopes of having happy news for Matteo, I called the Dutch investors. Did they have an answer, I asked. They decided to pass and thanked me very much. Lord, those broken bottles, was that a sign from the universe? When I broke the news to Matteo over the phone, that there were no offers from the convention, he was just quiet on the other end of the line. Matteo, you okay? I asked. See, see, he said lightly and hung up. When he picked me up at the airport, he was walking with a cane. His foot had a small cast around his ankle. Apparently, he fainted when he heard the news of no sales in California and broke his ankle. He had so much riding on the success of this business, he snapped. That was when I realised the many forms that Italian passion can take. Don't worry, I said, I have other investors. Oops, I had not told him that Holland had passed yet. Other investors? What about Holland, he said. I told him that I didn't want to play the waiting game and contacted others. Ah, he said hopefully. Oh my God, what had I left myself in for, I thought. As we drove home along the side of the road was a gnome. There he was, with that red hat just sitting by the side of the road. Matteo pointed at it. That is ours, he said. He stopped to grab it. I knew he liked the gnome. I didn't want to say it, but I knew the gnome was bad luck. Matteo just put it in our car. I did have other investors for the whole amount, but this time they were Saudis and required many guarantees. One of the guarantees was a very expensive insurance policy. No policy, no money, the man said. I was in so deep financially, but the investors were so ready and positive. I had to follow it through. I bought the policy. Lawyers sent memos and inquiries for finalising the deal. I jumped through all of the hoops at a deficit. Just like every successful entrepreneur I have heard about. No pain, no gain. Despite my lawyer's attempts to contact our Saudi investors, we heard back from no one. We satisfied all of their requirements and I was in deep financially. I quickly acted in their silence to find backup investors, maybe filmmaking partners, residents at the Oasis. I took residents on a tour of the facility and they all loved the idea, but no one acted. Despite my efforts, Christmas was coming and communication stopped. Matteo's family looked at me in some weird way as the saviour of the future of the Bergamot production factory. My hope was that maybe through my efforts, I might give it wings to save the world, maybe improving everyone's health who had high cholesterol. And of course, we could all make lots of money. Panic started to set in. While watering my yard, a resident confessed to me that they could not invest because they were afraid of what the elves would do. I understood as I looked at the gnome in my garden. That evening, I got the kick of a lifetime. Marco Travato, Matteo's cousin, was arrested. Apparently, there was a mafia association on his head. The elf roundup was reaching a boiling point. The Bergamotto Puro Company grounded to a halt. Matteo and I arranged for the harvested bergamot to be sold to another local farmer and gave the money to Matteo's family. We never spoke of cousin Marco and where he had gone. Apparently, unbeknownst to me, 
When Matteo took in the reality that we'd never have a future in the Bergamot business together, he went with what he knew best. He went to Reggio to find work at the military base.